What's up, Maine? It's your favorite librarian. You are listening to the Urban Librarian Podcast. On this week's shelf, we have Welfare Wifeys by Quan. I gave this book four stars, y'all, and not because it was a bad read, but y'all know how I am by now. When it takes me a full week, I'm talking six days to finish a book, it just takes away from the reading experience for me. But I want it to be clear that it is not a reflection of the book in and of itself. It's a reflection of me and things that I have going on in life that causes me to not enjoy the book when I take six days to finish it, basically. But anyway, in true hood rat fashion, this book has a drama-filled plot. I'm talking about it's interesting, y'all. There's some things that's going to pop off in this book, and you're going to get excited. Your adrenaline going to be rushing, and then, boom, your ass probably fucking around the flatline. That's all I'm going to say. My mini review for this book was a reunion of sorts. That was my six words to describe this book. We are introduced to a couple of new people, but most of the people we read about in this book are returning folks, people that we already know about. So for the people that resurfaced, it was at one point where I was like, oh, I was just thinking about, you know, so-and-so. Wondering what so-and-so had been up to. Then boom, they pop up in a book and just like that, they back out again. And I'm like, damn. I feel like I'm always saying that, but that's how Quan books behave me. Like, damn. Then the ending is a shocker, y'all. The ending itself is a goddamn reunion, okay? That's a quote in the book. This is a family reunion, and indeed it was. True indeed, God, true indeed. Yo, me and Hot Girl, side note, I be I stay messaging her when they say true indeed. Like, the language in this book, I be here for it. All right, so that describes my mini-review. Like I said, it was a reunion of sorts. We got to see some characters um, from previous books that we probably were wondering about, and now we know, you know, what's going on with them. But this book really introduced us, or introduced me, rather, because y'all might feel like people like Scar and uh, Solomon and all them are new people, too, and they are. But as far as the hood right side, I think this book only introduced us to two hood rats, which was Malika and Jada. Malika was from a good family. She ended up getting pregnant by this no-good-ass nigga. And instead of being there with her family and dealing with, like, judgment, she decides to take her child to the projects and raise him as a single mother. Malika's storyline is crazy because she ends up messing around with this dude who ends up being married. And by the end of the book, that dude's married life and her single mom life trying to raise her son connects. And when I say that the lesson I learned from that is that sometimes you really have to show people grace. And sometimes revenge is not the best thing. That's all I'm going to say. Sometimes revenge is not the best thing. When those two worlds collided, I really expected it to be like some real knockout, drag out, hood ghetto shit. But instead, what I saw was grown ass, mature ass women. With Jada, Jada is a single mama in the hood too. And a baby daddy locked up. She decided that he locked up. She deserved some money for, you know, being his woman, holding him down, all of this stuff. 
Cuddy don't take too well to that. But you know how it is. Your nigga locked up. He can't do shit. So what you gonna do? Every time he call trying to get on your ass, you finna be like, nigga, fuck you. You can't do shit. I'm out here living life on your dime and what type shit. What she didn't expect was for this nigga to get out. And all I'm gonna say is I just can't wait to see how that unfolds. Now, in this book, Gucci and Animal have returned to New York from Texas, along with Don B and the rest of the motherfucking gang, okay? So my favorite quote from this book is, the Don is Teflon. And when I say this book is living proof of that, like, this nigga would not die, y'all. Like, for nothing, you be like, bruh, like, I'm talking about he always, he like a cat, for real. He always escaping death. I don't know why he called his brand Big Dog. He needs to have a cat around that motherfucking chain. Because nigga, you got nine lives. Every time somebody finna get ready to murk his ass, he always end up living. I just, I don't get it. But when we find out who it is that's trying to attempt to take his life this time around, because, you know, it's always somebody new. Hell, next week it might be somebody else trying to take him out. But when you find out who it is trying to take him out this time around, you just like, oh, bro. The lesson from that that I learned is you need to stop sleeping on people. That's one. Be careful when you shun and turn your back on folks because that creates some sense of animosity. And they could come back really and get your ass on some paid and fool shit. Okay? That's all I'm going to say on that right there. I briefly touched on Solomon, which was the young boy, um, Malika's son. He uh, he got caught up in some shit. He got roped up in some shit. As y'all know, like, young boys on the block, they just out here trying to provide for their parents or their single mama that they see struggling. Such was the case with Solomon, but it don't always work out like that. He ended up losing somebody that was very, very close to him. So I don't know if that's going to push him further into the life or if that's going to make him get out the life but I guess I find out an eviction notice all right some of my thoughts while reading the book the first one was I cannot believe that I read the whole animal series without reading hood rat first like I read animal y'all when it first came out like I like I've said in previous episodes before I think if I didn't now I'm telling y'all I don't know how anybody could read the animal series without reading this first Y'all, I had no idea that my motherfucking baby daddy was a celebrity. A whole-ass celebrity. I'm talking about hoes running in the street, chasing his car, face on his windows, beating on his windows, asking for autographs type shit. I'm talking about a whole-ass celebrity out here in these streets. Like, I ain't talking about a hood celebrity. I'm talking about a real-ass, red carpet, paparazzi-following-ass celebrity. I had no idea that my man had this whole other life. So I feel like, you know, a fake fraudulent ass broad. Like, how you not know that your nigga was a celebrity, girl? And speaking of, them girls following his car and pressing their face against his window, like, I just want to know how y'all react when y'all see celebrities. Like, I done seen Diamond from a crime mob in person. I done seen Dej Loaf in person. I done seen Lil Scrappy in person. I done seen Evander Holyfield in person. Like, now one of them times have I ever went up to them and said, can I have your autograph? Or following up behind them. Because I just feel like as a fellow introvert, bruh, back the fuck up off me. I'm not trying to take no picture with any and everybody. I'm just trying to get from point A to point B without having to be stopped all the time. Now, granted, some people is like, well, you a celebrity. That's what you signed up for. But damn it, I'm still a human. Fuck, I ain't no robot. Can I get some downtime? Can I chill? 
But I do get it when you are a fan of someone. You know, you do want to have that photo or that autograph as like a, a souvenir or a memorabilia. You know, just proof that you, you know, that you've seen this person. But I, I ain't like that. So I want to ask y'all how y'all feel. I could never be a celebrity because I just like my space. I don't want everybody. I don't even like taking pictures. So, yeah, now nah, I'm, I'm on some real love Belvin shit. Okay? And if y'all don't know what I mean, go try to find love Belvin and see what she look like. And then when you find out what she look like, come back and tell me. And I ain't talking about the people that done, that got pictures with her. I'm talking about just for us who ain't never seen or maybe heard of her, go look her up and tell me what she look like. Now, the second thought that I had while reading this book is how the fuck the animal and Ashanti and Neff and Brosco roll up on Shy and Swan and them in the fucking mall and let these niggas... <sighs> Y'all, they let these niggas breathe, okay? Like, when Animal and them rolled up on them, Shy and Swan still end up leaving the mall. I'm just like, why? But at the same time, I'm glad it worked out like that because who was lurking in the shadows just trying to wait to see if some shit was going to unfold? Motherfucking Detective Brown and Detective Alvarez with they stalking asses. So imagine if Animal had a dead at them when as soon as he saw him. He would be locked up. Now, by the end of the book, you just like, damn, you might as well have handled your business then. But that's all I'm going to say on that because I really am trying not to do spoilers in my episode. Another thought I had while reading this book, Gucci ass. Let me tell you something. I love Animal and Gucci. Love them, love them, love them. I've been a fan of theirs since Section 8. But when I say Gucci ass got on my nerve in this damn book, I'm like, why the fuck you acting like this? You really showing your ass. You cutting up sideways. Why you acting like this? Now, granted, if I was with a celebrity, I might be a little doubtful too because I'd be thinking the same thing she thinking. Ain't no way in hell you got all this temptation around you 24-7 and you don't fall weak to it. You know what I'm saying? So that part I get. But it's like, as a reader, you know full scope. You on the outside looking in. So you see everything. And what we know is that Animal might recognize that a female look good, but he ain't messing up what he got at home with Gucci for nobody. But Gucci don't know that. So as a reader, it frustrates you that she out here showing her ass when you like, bro, your nigga is solid. You need to stop. You tripping type shit. Now, the last thought I had while reading this book was when Don B got, you know, in his little situation, you know, y'all, I'm going to say he got hurt. He escaping death, but he got hurt a little bit. You got fans all at the hospital, all outside. They done made signs and all this stuff, right? But my thought while reading this was who would ever think that their favorite celebrity is a motherfucking monster? Like, if they knew that Don B was the, was the grimy-ass nigga that he was when he had those fans. Because, you know, when you a celebrity, some people just look over shit. They be like, oh, he ain't mean to do it. Oh, ain't one really like that. Oh, y'all just taking it too far type shit. So, when I'm reading, I'm just like, I wonder if they knew that this nigga is beyond trifling. Would they would they still be like, damn, that's my favorite rapper? But you know what? Who knows? But I'm telling y'all, the book was good. I enjoyed it. And those were just some of my thoughts while reading the book. When y'all read Welfare Wifey, please let me know what you think about it. Until then, I'll holler at y'all later. <laughs>